Established in 2020, the Author's Porch is a space for authors to share their literary works of art. Founded by C.J. Ives Lopez, the Author's Porch puts authors first and becomes a premier destination for all at every level in their careers. When you join the Author's Porch, we want you to think of us as a beacon of light, bringing you home to a porch where your family is waiting to usher you into your greatness. From live cast to podcast, blog posts, and most recently, the magazine, the Author's Porch brings promotional services and advice to authors to get their writing published. Whatever the issue, the Author's Porch connects writers with the service desire to create their dreams into reality. Hey everybody, welcome to the Author's Porch on our double header Saturday. Aren't you guys so excited to see my face twice a day? Well, let me tell you something. You should be even more excited because we have two CJs, two CJs. So welcome to the Author's Porch where every good conversation happens and it happens because we trusted Brendan and Bomzi at Master Talk to show us the power of effective communication. This mouth right here could not do it unless we had Master Talk. So we also have a great cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin, a Christ-centered veteran-owned coffee company because, you know, I have to have me some coffee at all times. Today, we have CJ on the show. And no, I'm not talking to myself. And I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about CJ Robinson. How are you doing today, CJ? I'm doing great. I'd like to welcome everybody to the CJ and CJ show. Yes. <laughs> you know, when you say when you said world premiere, I thought you were going to say like world star. I was like, what are we about to duke it out? What's going on? <laughs> Guys, so me and CJ um, met on the interwebs, as I like to call them. I, my old, I told you you were going to get an appearance from a dog at some point. Yeah, you might see my cat now. I don't know. <laughs> so we thought it would be really cool. CJ and CJ, both authors, both podcasters with the same name, just sitting here chit-chatting chit and talking about life in general. Um, so... CJ, I usually have like a bio and something to tell people about you, and I don't have that. Like, we're cool and we talk, but tell the people on my side of the fence more about you so we can get to know you a little bit better. Like, Well, I started writing when I was 15 years old. I don't have a lot of writers in my family. My grandma wrote. Uh, she's had a few poems published. Um but at that age, I hadn't really been taught a whole lot. So I started myself. Hi, you, I knew you would. <laughs> um, so I, I started writing by myself. I, I had to do a lot of things that were self-taught because I don't have writers in my family. I don't honestly know where a lot of it came from. Hmm. But I did, without getting into too much detail, I, I, had, I had a fairly rough childhood. And I didn't feel like I had a lot of people that I could openly talk to. Yeah. And so the writing was kind of my outlet where I knew that I could write and whatever I said, no matter if it was good or bad, whatever those feelings were that I needed to get out of my out of my soul, I could put onto the piece of paper and that would be an OK thing to do. So that's that's where it all started. I like to tell people that <clears throat> I started writing at 15, but I didn't start writing well until I was 29. Um. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm still I, trying to write well. <laughs> oh, yeah. We, we judge ourselves, I think, 
fairly harsh. We, I think we have to as writers because we want the world to see how we feel about what we write, not just what we write. Like we want to emote every single thing um, that, that like we see this whole scene in our brain and we feel this whole thing in our brain. So we want everybody that reads it to see it and feel it. So we want the words to convey, right? Yeah, exactly. I've, it hasn't happened a whole lot, but I've had over the years now, I, I've had it happen several times where somebody was able to give me some feedback that was exactly what I was thinking or feeling when I wrote it. And that is a rare gem. Yeah. It's but it's something that you cherish for your entire life. What what finally I what finally got me to start writing poetry well. I was listening to NPR, I think back in, uh, see, that would have been 2009, I believe. And I heard a poem by Richard Selleck. And I don't remember what it was. But I remember listening to that poem as it was read. And I realized that everything that I had written up until that point was trash. And I, I had two options at that point. I could either just give up because I knew I hadn't written a single decent thing in my whole life or I could strive to better myself. And it took me a couple days to actually decide I was really on the fence after I heard something so gorgeous mm. that I hadn't written. And luckily I, I, I eventually decided that, you know, I, I couldn't just give up because this had been my outlet for so long. I just had to get better at it. Yeah. And of after many years passing that, I was able to work up enough courage to start submitting my poems to actual publishers like anthologists. And, and um, I will never forget the first time I got I got accepted. I got I got the email at like one one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. It was some other time zone or something. So I got I got the email at one o'clock in the morning and I was accepted. The first poem I'd ever submitted. I submitted eight and they accepted, I think, three. And I oh. called I called my mom because it was a poem about her and how she worked so hard to raise me and my brother. I called my mom at one in the morning crying. You know what a bad idea that is? <laughs> when you call yeah, yeah. I called her I'm at mother, one in the morning and I could hear her sit up in bed and I could hear and feel all the panic in her voice. And yep. I was trying to tell her, no, I'm not hurt. Nothing bad happened. I'm. This is good news. And it took me probably a good two or three minutes of her freaking out before I could finally tell her, no, no, I, the, the poem got accepted. I'm not laying in a ditch. I'm okay. Please just calm down, please. Yeah. You don't call your mother crying at one thirty in the morning. My son who calls whenever he called me at seven 30 this morning and I answer the phone because he doesn't he doesn't get up that early unless he's already in class because he's in college. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello. He was like, well, you're up early. And I'm like, now he knows that that's wrong. That's a lie because I'm up at five, six o'clock every morning. So automatically as a mom, I'm going, um, something's wrong. He's he's trying to not tell me what's wrong by telling me I'm up early, but no, it was a good, it was a good call actually. So yeah, mothers go into panic mode, CJ, come on. I learned, I learned 
that was not appropriate behavior on that day. <laughs> I got so, him talking to, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, congratulations, but... <laughs> that's that's the mother that's i'm the happy mother. but don't ever do this again ever yeah so has it always been poetry for you for the most part i've written a few short stories um i had two pieces of flash fiction that were published in dimension bucket magazine issue one that one i'm actually really proud of too because it was dimension bucket magazine volume one issue one and i was the very first story in it wow. so i kind of feel like it, maybe this is a little, we might be going a little over the top, but I might have kicked off that magazine. I don't know. Hey, it's possible. But I, it was it was a really good feeling. Every time you get published, it's a, it's a good feeling. I, I've been self-publishing for a few years now, um, but I have, I get pretty fair ratings. I've never gotten on any book that I've written, I've never gotten less than a three-star rating. And mm. those are very rare for me. I've gotten... Out of out, about 100 reviews, I've gotten maybe three of them were three-star. All the rest are four- and five-star, which, again, is a, is a wonderful feeling to know that I'm doing something that I enjoy and I'm doing it well. Yeah. And for people to give feedback in general is a godsend because you could have a million people tell you, oh, yeah, I've read your book. Yeah, I've read your book. But how many of them give an actual review? That's like a miracle. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty rare. It's rare. So, but I've luckily I've managed to find some avenues that I'm able to get honest reviews for the books because I don't just want reviews for the books. I don't want five star reviews. I want honest reviews. Yeah. And if a, the honest review is a five star review, then I appreciate it. But if it's a five star review from someone that didn't actually read any of the content that doesn't provide me with proper feedback and that doesn't tell me what I can improve because that's the end goal for me. Yeah. I always want to improve no matter how good it actually is. And it doesn't matter to me how good I think it is. Yeah. That, and, and I see that a lot because I've, I've published a few of other people's poems as well. Um, I have an anthology on Google play. It's completely free. It's called the poetry novelist, no, sorry, the poetry novelist anthology. And it doesn't, people would, sometimes they would submit a poem or a collection and I would tell them, I don't think this is going to fit. I'd even try to offer feedback. This is where I think you can improve. You know, um, I'm not so keen on the ABAB rhyme scheme for 25 lines. Mm -hmm. And often I would get the reply, well, I worked really hard on this, or this means a lot to me, or this is my life's work. This is my life story. And I'm I'm a little sorry to play you know, I guess devil's advocate here, but that doesn't matter, and that's unfortunate. You know, I, I I probably sound a little mean, but the unfortunate truth is that it doesn't matter what your writing means to you. Mm -hmm. It matters what the writing means to the people that are reading it. They're your fuel, and yeah. it's a hard truth. It's a hard truth for a lot of people to accept, and that's why I want honest reviews. If it's an honest one-star review, I'll take that and I'll read it and I'll accept it and I'll even give it a like as long as you're honest. You know, I like that you said that because <clears throat> I'm always asking people, can you give me honest, raw feedback? And the reason I want that is because I can't grow from you just placating me. 
You know, yeah. if I ask for the honest raw feedback and your feedback is that's the worst crap I've ever read. Okay. What is crap about it? Because I want to know, I truly want yeah. to know. And the problem is so many people can't handle that type of feedback. And, and I think it's a shame because yes, there are some people out there that's going to give you that feedback to pull you down so that you don't come up higher than them. You know, you know, the, the, the non-honest feedback, Oh, this is horrible. You know, when it's really good, they just don't want you to get something better than them. You Mm -hmm. know, those folks, but But you can you can kind of feel when people are being disingenuous, just just genuine, genuine. I can't even speak, but I would rather somebody tell me the truth, and it hurt because yes, I put my my heart and soul into this. Yes, I worked really hard. Yeah, it's gonna hurt because nobody likes that they suck. <laughs> but at the same time, that hurt is going to motivate me to fix the things that sucked and make it better. So the hurt is an internal hurt. You didn't hurt me with your feedback. I hurt because I didn't do good enough, which is going to make me do better. So it has nothing to do with the feedback itself. It's an internal hurt. It's like, Oh man, I could have done better. And I missed all these opportunities because I didn't take more time or because I didn't see the things and I'm grateful for that feedback. But so many people aren't willing or they think, oh, well, they just don't know what they're talking about. Okay. Well, because I'm not have all these awards, I, I probably don't know. Okay. Well, go ahead. Keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I've, 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 I don't let, I try not to let. I'm sure it's happened once or twice. I'm 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 a, I'm one of those never say never people. Yeah. And and, yeah. and never say always either. There's I mean there's always there's there I go. I just did it right behind not. <laughs> but I think there's there's gray area. There's gray area and you should never be 100% or 0%. There's there's room there. Um so I try not to let the four and five star reviews negate the three star reviews because that person read my work for one. There was, there was a couple of writing prompt collections by uh, Monica Wood. It's called uh, the pocket muse. And I 100%, I have both copies. I even have one autographed and these are vital. I will happily promote these. And never get any recognition for it. Um, Monica Wood wrote the writing muse, and one thing that she said was, "You you can't just reward yourself strictly by your successes. You have to re- reward yourself for your failures as well." So, with the three star review, yeah, that stung a little bit. You know, I wasn't too happy about. He called my poetry underwhelming. He said this was thoroughly mm-hmm. underwhelming and non-unique it did not stand out in any way and i was like ouch okay but he read it so you know cookie for me yeah yeah uh he reviewed it i'm gonna get fat from this guy another cookie for me (laughs) and he was honest 
you know, might as well just eat the whole bag of cookies based on this three-star review. I got three good things out of that negative. I, I call it negative because I don't normally get three stars. But I got three really valuable things out of that negative review. Mm-hmm. And that's what she teaches in the book is you have to reward yourself for failures. She says um, you have to be willing to write badly. And the writer is the one who stays in the room. Mm. Are three very valuable lessons. You know, you sit down in front of your computer. Oh, uh, I'm not feeling it. Let me go get a cup of coffee real quick. You come back. Oh, maybe I'll put some creamer and sugar. And you get all these delays and this procrastination. And next thing you know, you haven't written maybe two sentences. It's been an hour and a half and you're tired. Ah, shoot. Maybe I'll (laughs) I'll go to bed and I'll do it tomorrow. And tomorrow you you do all the same, you know, bogus stuff all over again. So you just stay in the room, write badly, and reward yourself for failures, and you'll do great. I love that. I I would never have a single success in my life if it wasn't for failure, because golly gee whiz, <laughs> I have failed more than I've ever succeeded. But through those failures, I've learned some of my greatest achievements that I consider achievements in my life. Man, I have done some stuff that it's like, why? Why? I look back and I'm like, why did I even try that? And then I look forward and I go, oh, look what came out of it. Hell yeah. You know? So I I love that you said that because that's what people are so freaking afraid of. They're afraid of failing. But good night. You will never forget that failure. And because of that failure, you learned more than that success because you remember that failure more than that success. So you're going to learn more from it than you're going to learn from that success. And if they can't remember that, then I guess there's more success for the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. I, I've been rejected more times than I've been accepted on, on my poetry. Yeah. I, 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 maybe I just got lucky on the first one. Um, but a three out of eight, a three out of eight, <clears throat> Out of, to be accepted on three out of eight pieces yeah. in any publication is is strong. It is. You know, and I didn't realize that at first. I kind of thought, oh, okay, cool. Maybe this should continue. You know, I can I can base my entire life decision on a sample population of eight. That'll work yeah. great. Yeah. And that was absolutely not the case. I some of them I never even got replies on. They just decided I'm not even going to waste a stamp on this guy. Yeah. And, but you have to be okay with that. Like the guy that gave me the the three star review. Uh, after I read his review, obviously I have some kind of emotions that I want to get out. So I sat down for a while and I read through my collection again and I thought, well, let's work with this. You know, don't don't let this beat you down. Let's work with it. And I actually I wrote. a a response poem that I I think I might open the next edition with like the next collection of poetry that I put out. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to open the the next collection with that poem and just, just to see, I I posted it and I got some good feedback on it. And I think, I think I was able to kind of, kind of refresh. I was able to refresh. So, I'm, I'm grateful for that. 
I, obviously, I don't want every review to be three stars. If every single review was three stars, I might start to question myself. But I don't <laughs> think the occasional negative review is bad at all. No. If you look at, you know, I tell this quite often. I say the same exact line quite often. You think I get a new one by now, but probably not because, mm. it, it, you know, it's honest and it's punchy. Stephen King and Nora Roberts, if you go look at their books, they're getting bad reviews. Mm. They get bad reviews sometimes. And sometimes it's just, you know, the trolls or whatever. But the thing is, sometimes you're going to get a bad review because you're not meant for everybody. You know, thank God for my husband. I'm a lot. <laughs> I am a lot. <laughs> I have these quirky little behaviors and these little things. I'm not meant for everybody. My writing isn't meant for everybody. If you tell somebody who loves dark romance and steamy romance to read my sweet contemporary romance, they're going to be like, ugh, and they're going to give it a bad review because they're going to be like, that's it. That was boring. The thing is, everything you do is not meant for everybody. Therefore, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. So, but let me, I want to ask you, um, Authors and Airwaves, let's talk about your podcast. Oh, the podcast. Um, yeah. Well, I, this is one of the few times that I will actually be grateful for Facebook targeted ads because the Authors and Airwaves podcast got started about right around two years ago as a, a from an ad on Facebook. And the tagline from Anchor was record a podcast on your phone. And it turned out that was absolutely true. However, it took me a couple episodes to realize that the tagline didn't say record a podcast on your phone and have it sound good. <laughs> because recording a podcast on your phone is going to sound like a phone call. And it yeah. apparently didn't click with me right away that that probably wouldn't work so well. So I recorded two episodes on the phone, posted them. I did a little bit of promotion. I, I was very new, again, self-taught. And I, after the second episode, listening to them back again, I trashed the entire thing. I, I just got rid of the, because there's no way to edit that. I, at the time for me anyway, there I did not have enough knowledge and understanding of the editing process to make it sound decent. So I scrapped it. I, I bought some recording equipment, which is important to invest in if you're going to be a podcaster. I, I invested in some decent recording equipment. I have better stuff now. At the time, I bought what I could afford. Hmm. I learned Audacity. I watched a bunch of tutorials, YouTube videos, whatever I could get my hands on. And I re-recorded episodes. And that's where it kind of got started from. I, I started with my poetry and some short stories, a little bit of sound effects in the background, stuff like that. And I am now going to be posting, I believe, my 53rd, 53rd episode uh, about a month ago. This is this was my my high point so far. Uh, a month ago, I finally managed to wrangle in Howard Scott Warshaw. The name probably won't ring any bells for anybody who's listening who's not a hardcore nerd. <laughs> the ones that are hardcore nerds are might be dancing in their seats right now. 
Uh, Howard Scott Warshaw was a video game designer for Atari in the in the early to mid 80s. And he designed the infamous E.T., the extraterrestrial video game for Steven Spielberg himself, mm. which was so, so forced. They wanted the game done in five weeks, made by one man in five weeks so they could sell it for Christmas. He succeeded in that. And the game got such negative feedback that Sears, at the which I don't think exists anymore, but Sears had to change their return policy. And the game, which originally sold for $100 within a couple months, was in the 99-cent bin. Mm. And people want to blame the video game because it just so happens Atari lost $536 million that year which is the wow. same as $1.4 billion today. So people are pinning $1.4 billion of lost earnings on one man. And so my goal was to actually get him on the show and have him talk about that from his point of view, because people listen to other people talk about him. People read articles on Wikipedia talking about him, but who talks to him? Yeah. What was his opinion? How did he feel about it? And so I got his feedback. Well, how do you feel about designing the worst video game in history? He said, CJ, it feels great. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, why does it feel so great? He says, because when was the last time you heard about a video game that was designed 38 years ago that they're still making movies about? Wow. He says, oh, I got to the dump site because they supposedly buried it in the middle of the night. I won't give away spoilers because I want people to hear the episode. Well, yeah. He says, have you ever seen, have you ever gone to a dump site and seen news crews and helicopters and, and excavation crews and, and hundreds of people standing in line to get into the dump? He says, I did that. So it feels incredible. I, I like your attitude, Howard. I yeah. really like your attitude. So, That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was a fun episode. I got I had to split it into two parts because we talked for an hour and a half. It was it was me and him and another author here in town. His name is Josh Walker. Uh, he just finished writing a book called They Think I Invented Pizza, which is about a pizza delivery guy that gets transported to another realm and the realm is actually a video game yeah and so he has to follow the video game rules he can't follow real life rules mm -hmm. and he invents pizza while he's there and which is funny because josh walker's a he works at uh, domino's i think on the <laughs> side so he writes about what he knows he knows video games and he knows pizza so why not yeah. he turned it into a great book yeah that's super interesting I think the the power of the human brain is amazing. And if you utilize it <clears throat> to change the narrative of an outcome to positive, like your your get your first guest with the video game, I mean a lot of people would go and hide and be like, oh, you know, look at all this negative press, but Imagine I would be the same as him. I'd be like, everyone's doing that because of me. Yeah, I changed the world. Yeah. People are still talking about me. He's been a marriage counselor for like <laughs> 12 or 13 years. 
He's a, yeah, he's a therapist. I got an hour and a half of free therapy with Howard Scott Warshaw. Don't give too much of the episode away because I totally want to watch all of it. I mean, I would, yeah. So, so you bring on very interesting guests. I like your podcast already. <laughs> I try really hard. I, I'm, I'd like to have unique people on the show. Not everybody is, is a famous person, you know? Yeah. But I try to give everybody an opportunity. I don't even think every episode is good. I don't think that. Yeah. But if, if you're on the show and I let you on the show and I agree to it, I'm not going to back out unless you do something egregious. So I'm not going to kick you out. So you have a vetting process for your show. Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I, I talk to people first. I don't I don't just let anybody and everybody on um, some things I won't allow. Like I don't allow anything extremist in any way. Mm -hmm. um, people I haven't had a problem with this. I've, I've allowed one swear word on my, on all 53 episodes. And that was when a guy was referencing a book title and the book okay. title itself had a swear word. in it It was one of those, um, like one of those self-help books that's trying to be edgy. Oh, it probably yeah. worked. I never read it, but I, it, I would assume it worked. Yeah. But yeah, I, I've, that was I've the only those. one. Okay. And is it, so it's not all authors on your show oh no i've had um i think i had a like a clothing designer on there one time a fashion designer i've had musicians a lot of writers most uh -huh. of them are writers but i've had a couple video game designers i just reach out you never know yeah. who's gonna say yes you never know i had yeah. the no swear gamer on there which i think was a fairly safe considering he's called the no swear gamer i didn't I feel yeah, like I, I had to, did. yeah, I didn't have to give him the standard warning about not swearing on the podcast. Yeah. But he's got oh, about 8 million views on his YouTube videos. He did one on the Pac-Man okay. board game. Yeah. What which I didn't know it was a thing. There's a Pac-Man board game. It's magnetic too. I don't know like where the how, heck he got that. How does that work? Like, I, no clue. No clue I'm at all. I'm intrigued though. Yeah. I'm intrigued because Pac-Man I mean, is Pac-Man. Maybe the pellets are magnetic. I don't, is it motorized? I don't, I actually haven't, you know what? That's what I'll do. That's on my to-do list today. I'll go look. You know, I just thought of, you know, those games where you go into like the doctor or the dentist office and you have a little thing underneath and you move it around and all these little magnetic things move inside of it. Oh yeah. Maybe it's something like that. I don't and you know. You move the Pac-Man around the board. Look, I'm sitting here moving it around like something's happening. <laughs> it, it's gotta be something. It's gotta be interesting because... <laughs> I, I would assume they wouldn't make it if it was, but I don't know. I've seen some bad stuff. I saw an NFL board game one time that was literally just rolling dice and deciding what the, yeah. So there was no, you could have a good team against a horrible team and the dice decide. Yeah, the dice decide. Yeah. I. So you are my 50th episode. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's cool. awesome because Howard was my 50th. CJ and CJ, the 50th episode. Awesome. That's great. Yeah. I I did the 49th this morning and you're the 50th. So, um, yeah, that's, we're cooking with grease over here. <clears throat> but yeah, I did the same thing. Um, actually, I learned about how to do podcasts because a friend of mine, um, Lashana, who I knew while we were in the military, she, her husband was in the military, God rest his soul. 
and um, me and my kid's father were both active duty. Um, but she's since out now, but she started a podcast with two of her girlfriends called Groom to Grow. And that's how I learned about Anchor FM. And I was like, hmm, let's try this. So I started a sister, sister live show, which that, that was in 2019 with my sister. And then I wanted to do crime sisters with my, my two sisters. So me and my two sisters, we were talking about true crime stuff because we've all three of us are into watching that stuff. So we would, you know, just tell stories. And my two sisters are extremely busy, too busy to ever record. So that never went anywhere. <laughs> and then, then the author's porch was my baby that I, it just was a passion of mine that I started November of 2020. So we're four days away from our one year anniversary, actually. Nice. Um, and I just said, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to make my life's work. Um, for many, many reasons. And I know my, my whole mission statement is on my website somewhere, you know, all over the place. So that's, I did the same thing. I started recording and I know my very first episode, I was on my phone. We started live and then moved it, moved the audio over to anchor. So that was how we started. We didn't start just on anchor. We started, we've always started live. Mm -hmm. And um, my very first episode, I started on the computer and the and I had bad reception. So I couldn't so I got on my phone and I'm walking through the house. You can see me walking through the house. <laughs> so and then of course we've upgraded. Now I have a stationary office. I've moved everything. Yeah. I've set up I've got my handy dandy microphone, you know, things like that. I mean all kinds of it's crazy how you go from one place to the other and it and I, I couldn't afford microphones. I couldn't afford, I mean, I had a little closet here in the house. And then finally the kids moved out. And I took over a bedroom and turned it into an office. And But I think you, a lot of people try to tell you certain things that you should do or you shouldn't do. But I think as a podcaster, same mm -hmm. thing as an author, you have to feel out what works for you and your show. Yeah, you kind of have to go from experience and it's hard to have experience if you've never done it before. Yeah. I think you, you learn from other people. You take parts of what they do. Uh, you listen. And then you learn. And you find out what fits the best for your show. What fits the best for your audience. What fits the best for your guests. What fits the best for what you're going to be doing. And then you just have a great show. And yours sounds fantastic. And I can't wait. When is your episode oh, it's going so much to air? fun. Um, actually, if I was, I, we messaged a little bit earlier, if it's okay with you, I was just going to co-post this one. And then the next episode I will, I'm looking to talk to, her name is Lisa Jade and she is a published poet from, I believe, Adelaide, Australia. I am working on an episode with her. And other than that, I am, I'm pretty fair open for any, anybody that wants to contact me. Um, my Facebook is CJ Robinson author. Uh, my email is author C dot J dot Robinson at gmail.com. Make sure you put the dots in there. Cause I don't know who you're going to get if you don't. Um, but I'm, I'm pretty fairly open for anyone to, to contact me, any new guests. I, I put out a couple feelers for the Reddit aliens channel. Mm -hmm. I, I, magically was able to I found one of his videos on YouTube 
less than an hour after he posted it. And so out of the 4.5 thousand views that he'd gotten in that first hour, I was one of the first 30 comments. So I was hoping, okay, maybe he's still looking to see what the first comments are to get the, the initial feedback. So I messaged him and 20 minutes later, he messaged back nice. and he said, I'd be, I'd be happy to come on your show and we can, we can chat about whatever you want. So that's hopefully going to pan out. And I have another, there's a fitness channel, Bob and Brad that, that I've contacted. I haven't gotten a response from them. This is all in the infancy stages. These episodes could go everywhere. They could go nowhere. It took mm -hmm. me a year and a half to get Howard on the show. So, but I, yeah, until he told me no outright, I was going to keep every few months. I was like, is your book done yet? Is your book done yet? Hey, Howard, <laughs> is your book done yet? <laughs> And I, I was able to get it, was, and it turned out fantastic. It was a great show. Has that one aired already? Oh, Howard? Oh, yeah, yeah. Howard's okay. been up since he's he's episode 50. Okay. And you can find you can find the Authors and Airwaves podcast on, uh, I, my, I host with Captivate.fm now. They're okay. a paid website. The reason I switched from Anchor was because Anchor didn't have the level of analytics that I needed. Okay. And so Captivate has all the stats, all the analytics. They have uh, instructional videos, a lot of stuff that's really, really helpful. Um, so my, I host with Captivate. My podcast is available on Apple, Google, Spotify, of course. I'm on Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, and about three more that I, I – can't for the life of me i can never remember all nine <laughs> but i'm i'm on nine platforms awesome well i want to pass it over to you for any last words before we head out for the day i know you've got a busy day ahead of you and i've got some dogs that need some attention over here <laughs> yeah i made sure to feed my cat before before i started this because otherwise she would have been on the on the table <laughs> so yeah i just Find my podcast. If you want to hear my podcast, find it on any of those aforementioned platforms. I am open to submissions. You don't have to only be an author to get on the show. I just have it. It's called Authors and Airwaves because I <laughs> wanted to kind of give people at least a, a, a good first impression as far as what the show was really about. So you can be a game designer. You I have a guy that designs his own location-based gaming apps that I'm thinking about having on the show. He's a little technical, so I'm, I'm a little bit on the fence about it. But if I could, I think that'd be fine. You could be a, a singer, a songwriter. I Like I said, I've had clothing designers. Pretty much anybody that's creative that can speak well on camera and give some kind of knowledge with a little bit of entertainment value to the people that are tuning in. Um, my email is author c.j.robinson at gmail.com. I just love saying it. I don't know why. <laughs> and you can find me on Facebook as CJ Robinson author or on Instagram under authors and airwaves. Awesome. Well, CJ, thanks for being here with me today. It's been great just sitting here chatting and learning so much more about your podcast and your journey um, into the author world. I've had a good time. Yes, thank you so much. I, I meant to say thank you when we first started, but then the, the whole idea of suddenly going live got into my head and I had to go with that. <laughs> so I, this I has get been it. great. 
it's been a great opportunity. I'm, I'm very grateful that I was able to come on your show and talk with you. Yeah, I've enjoyed talking. Um, and I know that there's going to be many more conversations in our future. This isn't the, this is not the last. And thank you for being my 50th episode. Uh, everybody, don't forget to come back each week and watch us live or on the podcast here on Facebook. You can also ask Siri or Alexa to play our latest podcast. Head to our website, catch our latest issue of the magazine and blog posts, blog posts. Let me get that word out right. Don't forget that we are now accepting um, articles, poems, kids' corner, book reviews, all of that up until December 1st to be in our January issue of the Author's Porch magazine. We want to continue making authors' dreams come true and provide them a platform to shine. And remember, authors is the written, the spoken, and the lyrical word. We love words. We will see you guys next time. If you appreciate conversations like we do and you want to become a better speaker, visit our friends Brendan and Bomsey of Master Talk. Master Talk. I am all over messing with my words today. Where they teach you how to use the power of your voice. Don't forget to stay awake with a nice cup of coffee from Third Day Coffee Seguin. The best cup of coffee on this side of heaven. Until next time my friends, I'm CJ and that's CJ and we will see you Next time. Bye, everybody. Bye. The Author's Porch is a certified veteran hosted podcast. Show your support. Tune in, share, and subscribe.